on here. Book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verses 4 and 5. Proverbs, chapter 23, verses 4 and 5. Speak to you on this thought today, the money trap. Listen to what the writer of Proverbs had to say. Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist or to stop it, to, to quit. When your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. I, I'm going to make an, a, a, an outstanding comment now, a statement that you're going to find really crazy. Money is necessary in our society. Isn't that the craziest thing you ever heard? That money is necessary in our society. The old days of the barter system, guess what? It's pretty much gone. It's hard to barter with someone today. There was a time you might go to the doctor and trade him some eggs to see you. Or take him a country ham. You, you, you may go to the general store and maybe trade some of your produce for what you needed in canned goods or for a piece of cloth. Uh, uh, back in the old days, people bartered this good for that good. Well, in society today, you got to have either cash or credit. You can't get away from it. Could, could you imagine going to a car lot and saying, that's the car that I want, and I want to trade you two horses for it? What do you think would happen if you tried to trade some horses for a car? They would probably very quickly to leave. Or imagine going to the grocery store and saying, you, you know, I, I need some flour and sugar, and I, I brought some fresh vegetables, and I'm going to trade you these fresh vegetables for the flour and sugar. Do, do you think there's a grocery store around that would let you do that? Do, do you think your doctor, when you go, would say, yeah, that country hound would be good, and I won't charge you. I, I mean, in our society, you've got to have money, or you've got to have credit, or else you can't do anything. Now, here's the thing about money. Money is what I call amoral. Do you understand amoral? Money in and of itself is not good, and it's not bad. If I out a <clears throat> that $5 bill would not move, it would not say anything, it would not do anything, it would not think anything, it, it would just be there. It, it would have no life of its own to make any decision. In and of itself, it cannot make me do one thing. Money is amoral. I remember when our daughter Melissa was much younger, she, she, I don't know, she might have been an early teen, but we had this conversation about money. And she made the statement, I hope I'm never rich. I'm, I'm like, why would you hope that? I said, money is amoral. It's not bad or good. It's how you use it that makes money good or bad. 
The Bible makes it very clear that it's not the money that is the issue, but it is the love of money that is the issue. And I've shared this with you in previous messages in different ways about the, the love of money, H- how that it is the issue that comes into play and, and that takes our mind and, and causes us to do so many things that we do. Uh, money, money can change a person. The desire for money change a person and so I call it the trap that, that we live facts that I'll share with you about the money trap this morning dangers of it there's a danger to being one possessed with that desire that love of money that drives you to do everything that you do they're individuals who they wake up of a morning, they're thinking about how they're going to make money. When they go to bed at night, they're thinking about how they can make money. When they get up the next day, they're thinking about how they can make money. That There are those who look at their bank account and they say, I've got this many thousand, but I want this many thousands. I've reached a million, but I want two million. I've reached two million, but I want five million. I've got a million, but I really want to have a billion. And every waking moment is about how they can acquire more money, more wealth, what they can do that that they can sit down and literally count and say, this is mine. Well, there's some dangers to that. Number one, it, it will lead to the neglect of family. If all a person thinks about is how to make money, how to increase their wealth, how to make their portfolio better, how to increase their hope. They're going to neglect family. This is male or female. Which is the one that's is acquiring more and more and more. When you begin to neglect that family, or them when and even when you're your mind is on how can I make more money? What do I do? What do I need to invest in? How, how do I do this? And that family, the whole time, needing you to be present and accountable in their lives, but you're not. So when you're consumed with money, when you're consumed with the love of money, you tend to neglect your family. You will neglect your church. Uh, it's amazing how that there are people who are very church and, and they are attenders and givers and, and everything the church does and then all of money and you can't find get money and they want more money so maybe they're working more than they were or they're out spending what they've made but but for a lot of people this this money trap will lead them away from church uh, it, it happens all the time that those who have been involved become rich or they're trying to get richer, and they're like, I just don't have time for church right now. I, I just can't make it right now. So I'll get back to it eventually. But I can't right now because I've either got to make the money or I've got to enjoy the money, one or the other. The, the third danger is neglecting our Lord. When the only thing that you can think about is you're not going to think about God. Now, I'm talking about believers here also. I'm not talking about just the lost person. This, this can happen to believers. But believers can 
bought into this way of wor the world's thinking of needing more money, wanting more money, trying to acquire more money, doing more to get more, and that believer is, is then consumed with that thinking process. So, so when do they read the Bible? When do they meditate? When do they pray? <clears throat> when, when do they share with others? When do they actually live for, for the Lord? Because every waking moment is about getting more, acquiring more, making more, saving more, holding on to trap. on guard for now I'm not saying that we should not want to make more money don't misunderstand what I'm saying it's not wrong to want to get a raise at work and it's not wrong to, to look for a better job that pays more money it's not wrong to make an investment it's not wrong to, to count how much you have made and and try to have savings and, and to earn interest on it none, none of that is wrong it's when it's consuming and that's all you think about it. And that's what these two verses are, are talking about. It, it is the thing to acquire wealth. Wealth is just everything that's on this person's mind. And the writer of Proverbs says you've got to be discerning enough to just resist it, desist, to stop, to quit. That that cannot be all that there is to life. So those are just three very simple dangers of the money trout. The second fact is there is deliverance from the money trap. You can't be delivered from it. Even if you're living in that trap now, even if for this moment in your life that, that that's all you're worried about is money and how to make more money and how to keep more money, you can be delivered from it. And <clears throat> how do you do so? Well, you listen to the, to the command of the Lord to begin with in verse 4. Do not toll to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. Uh, I mean, this is from God. He, he is saying this. Now, here's the thing about listening to his command. Most people, especially believers, believe that the Bible is from God. Most believers say God gave us the scriptures, that the Holy Spirit worked through men of old, and they penned the Holy Scriptures that we have today. There's very little debate about that among believers. Now, the world will look at it and say it's just a book of myth and fables and there's nothing to it and it's made up and, and all of that. But believers, for the most part, will agree that it is the holy word of God. But the sad thing is when they say they believe that it is from God, many of them don't believe that it is actually for today that we're living in. They will say, well, it was a different time back then. Society was different. Family was different. Needs were different. Jobs were different. Everything was different. And so, though, though the Bible is from God, it, it's not exactly for our day and age because things have changed so much from the way they used to be. Friends, that's... of it be applied the same way today society has changed but you know part of the reason society has changed because we've accepted this teaching that, that 
good for today. The same Bible that was good for my mom and dad's generation, that was good for their parents' generations, the same Bible that was good for the early Christians, the same Bible is still as relevant and good today as it has ever been. And when we understand that, when we take this as being God's Word from Him that is relevant for today as well as yesteryear, then we can begin to escape, be delivered from this money trap. So deliverance comes from listening to the command of the Lord Deliverance comes then by looking at the temporary nature of money. Verse number five, when your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings flying like an eagle toward heaven. Here's the way I say it. Money. Here today and gone tomorrow. Have you ever had money a whole bunch of money didn't have any money. You get a windfall check from work or from some insurance settlement or somebody died and gave you money and man all of a sudden you're walking around and you're jingling that money in your pocket and you're writing checks and you're using the credit card and, and you're having a whole time and all of a sudden you look down at your balance and it's like zero. Money. Here today gone tomorrow but money is very fleeting give an example from back in years of marriage our first year of marriage i had this great 1970 command i mean it 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 was really that's the reason ronda married for my car but it shoot so i took it to the shop and it was not going to cost much to get it fixed. So I got paid on that Friday. We went by to pick the car up, and then we were going to go to Catawba Fish Camp in Lancaster to eat fish. We got to the shop. I went in, and when he told me the bill, and I paid the bill, we got in our cars and we drove. There was no money to go eat fish. There's hardly any money to buy bologna with. That, that check that I had just gotten that was going to take care of us, it took care of that 1970 Camaro. It was here. It was gone. And on a more serious level, as far as money coming and going, most of you have heard about the, the Great Depression in our country, and you understand that during those years that the stock market did what? It crashed, majorly crashed. People lost everything that they had earned. That They lost all of their investments. That People had nothing left out of all of the, the money that they had. It led to a decade of misery in America, a people barely able to get by. A country that was wealthy overnight went to a country that people were hurt because they didn't have any money. Fast forward from the 20s and the 30s, 
to the year 2008. What we it nosedived. I mean, we, we lost a lot of our retirement account because overnight the stock market crashed again in America. Money that people they didn't have. Businesses closed. The, the country was in a turmoil. Government trying to figure out how to back on footing again. It, it was not a fun time in 2008 if you had any investment of any kind. All of this to, to show to you, to you, Bible is so real that that money we have, all of a sudden we don't have. I, I mean, when your eyes light on it, you look at it. What does it say? It's gone. It's gone. Like that old country song, like a soldier in the Civil War. Bang, bang. It's gone. But when all we live for is money, we lose sight of all of that. Our, our life is rolled up in money. We, we want more and more and more. I wish I could promise you today that we will never have a Great Depression again. And I wish I could promise you that the 2008 debacle will never happen again. But I've got fears that we may be on the verge of another one of those times in America. And that which we think we have as a nest egg, that which we think will provide for us and take care of us, it may disappear. When we put all of our hope, all of our trust, all of our faith in wealth, in money, in finances, we will be let down. The only riches that we will ever have as believers are those riches that we store up in heaven. Those are the only true riches. Because the Bible says that in heaven, moth, nor rust, nor thieves, neither one can get to those riches, riches that we have laid up in heaven. Do you know why that is? God himself is protecting those riches. He is protecting that which we have sent on before us. And I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about coins and, and bills and credit. I'm talking about those good deeds we've done on behalf of him, that, that, that ministering we have done for him, that, that living the Christ-like life that brings honor and glory to him that's what I'm referring to as true riches that no one can ever take away from us. Those that we do in this life that, that we will be rewarded for in heaven, they're there waiting on us when we get there. Money, 
It will let us down. Money, it will disappear. But those true riches that we deposit in heaven, they're going to be there. Or when we get there, they are safe. We're living in a very materialistic society. And it is easy for any of us, non-believers, believers alike, easy for any of us to get caught up in the money trap. And challenge us. You will not be one of those that gets caught up in. There are true riches from God and that he is provider of all.